podcast invites you to join us to study the daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hi, this is Shai Cherry for the Daily Dot Differently. We are learning Masechet Shabbat, page 66. We are continuing with our discussion of what the sages allow you to leave your house with on Shabbat without fear of transgressing the prohibitions against carrying on Shabbat. At the very bottom of page 65b, we find out the good news that an amputee may go out of his house with his wooden leg. Apparently it's not carrying. If anything, the wooden leg is carrying him. But as soon as we turn the page on uh, 66a, Rabbi Yose qualifies the size of the the amputee's wooden leg or wooden shoe, um, so that if it's big enough that it can actually also contain some shmatas, uh, then you might carry and that would be a problem. So the Gemara to this mission, it goes back and forth a little bit and asks exactly, you know, who is saying what and what's being discussed. I actually want to jump to the next Amud, 66b, uh, very close to the top of the page, where we have a discussion of also what may be brought out on Shabbat, but this time we're talking about boys. So it says boys may go out on Shabbat with knots and princes with bells. And then there's a general rule, the Mishnah says, and anybody, the the sages are talking about anybody, um, but they were using the prevalent custom. So I assume that last line really is just talking about the princes, but if somebody wants to dress like a prince with uh, ornamental golden bells, that is permitted. So the very first thing the Gemara asks on this Mishnah is what are these knots that the boys are going out of the house with? And the first suggestion is that they are knots from pua, from a certain kind of plant, a matter plant, that have healing or curative properties. So it's kind of like a a healing amulet, um, not in terms of what it says inside of these knots, but in terms of the actual material of the knot itself. Now, after they talk about what this is, then the question comes up, but wait a second, if it's for curative purposes, why can't girls wear them? And wait a second again, if it's for curative purposes, why can't adults wear them? And so now we get a very interesting kind of qualification, at least interesting from a 21st century sociological standpoint. What the Gemara suggests here is that the knots are for little boys, and they're given to the little boys by their dads as their dads are about to go off on a business trip. And the children, not just the children, or not not specifically children, but specifically the boys, they're going to miss their dads so much that they need like a little keepsake from their dads in order to, you know, kind of like a little security blanket or a security necklace. So Rashi asks the question, you know, why don't girls need that? And Rashi says, 
Urufuazo lo shayachab nekevot. This kind of healing doesn't belong to girls. Shein ha'av, because the, the father isn't as beloved to the girls at the beginning of their life. And so therefore, they don't miss him. They don't pine when he leaves. So I can see actually up until very recently when that certainly might have been the case. And so that little piece of sociological um, realia was, uh, was thrown into the Gemara. Okay. The, the next big chunk on the, on, the ha- on the second half of the page of 66b has to do with incantations. Or as long as we were talking about healing properties, let's talk about incantations. And so we've got this very interesting statement that Abai says that his mother told him that all incantations are recited with the name of the sufferer's mother. So in other words, it's not, in my case, Michael Shai ben Aryeh, Michael Shai, the son of Aryeh. But if you're talking about addressing a prayer or an incantation for my health, it would be Michael Shai ben Batya, my mom's name, Batya. Now, this is, of course, what we do for the Mishaberach. And I don't know of another source for why we actually invoke the mom's name for the Mishaberach, other than this particular piece of Gemara, where it's so interesting, Abias said that his mother told him to do this about incantations. And so it could very well be that that's how we got the tradition, or at least whatever's behind Abaye's mom saying to Abaye that all incantations should have the mom's name is also what's behind us saying Mishaberach for sick people using the mother's name. There are some other suggestions about biblical verses in the Zohar cite something else, but the earliest um, the earliest evidence that we have of using the mom's name can actually be tied to, uh, to this notion in the Gemara. And then there is a relatively long series of incantations, and I just want to read one of them because it's, uh, it's so bizarre, and it's also sweet to give you an idea of how the rabbis of the Gemara were still rabbis, even when they, what do I mean by they were still rabbis? They were still doing the Talmudic shaklavitarya, the Talmudic give and take, even when they were engaging in this kind of um, superstitious incantation uh, nostalgia. Okay, so if someone is sick, he must sit at a crossroads, an intersection, and when he sees a large ant carrying something, right, the large ant has to be carrying something, he must take the ant and place it in a copper tube. He must then close the tube with lead and seal it with 60 seals. He must shake the tube and carry it and then say, your burden upon me, one assumes that he is saying this to the ant, your burden upon me and my burden upon you. Zell. And so then whatever he is sick with, he gives to the ant and the ant apparently is healthy and he gets the ant's health and he's all better. But... The Gemara immediately, uh, immediately objects. Rav Acha, the son of Rav Huna, said to Rav Ashi, but maybe another person had previously found this very ant and stopped it and said that very incantation, which would mean that he's just switching his, meaning the sufferer, the one who's making the incantation, is just swapping his illness 
for the illness that the ant has by virtue of being encanted upon by a previous Jew who had this advice from the Gemara. So, the Gemara then suggests a different formula. Rather, he must say to the ant, my burden and your burden upon you. And may all of our burdens be so easily dismissed. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.